As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek advice of your therapist or qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The host, guests, and podcast network are not responsible for any actions or decisions you make based on the information provided. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy-themed podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me this week, I am so excited to announce, is my friend Robin Shaw. Robin is a comedian and actress whose viral videos, humor, and adorable personality have landed her on Oprah, The Today Show, and The Drew Marymore Show. She is currently touring America, bringing the Robin Shaw experiences to city nationwide. I'm so happy and honored to call her a friend. It's Robin Shaw. Yay! I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. I realize our backgrounds are so similar. Like we have books, yet we have then random objects. Fun (laughs) stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then random picture frames. Like it's very similar. Just one's red, one's white. Like yours is very sexy and mine's very angel. I and you know, you matched it, it with your red jacket. Exactly. Yeah. You could have said so, devil. It's fine. No, 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 no. <laughs> Oh, Robin, I'm so excited to have you. You know, I'm going to introduce our topic to our listeners today. I thought you were such the perfect person to to bring on for this episode. We get a lot of calls about friendships, about adult friendships, about putting yourself out there, about overcoming awkward and embarrassing moments. And you, my darling, I would say, are an expert in that. You are somebody who has... Overcoming awkward moments is a specialty. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you really like made a name for yourself. It really went viral with a lot of your videos that are about just that, about talking about like, really awkward and embarrassing moments, about being really vulnerable, but adding some humor to it. And yeah, you are, are the vulnerability queen. And it's really, it seems like from the outside, brought so much positive stuff into your life? I think it's two things. I think I learned very early on, if I'm the first to laugh at myself, if I'm the first to make fun of myself, then anyone else who laughs at me or makes fun of me, I already beat you to the punch. Do you know what I mean? So you can't hurt me if I made the joke first. Um, And I know in this climate, sometimes people are a little sensitive with like self-deprecating humor. And I'm like, I don't care. Mm -hmm. This is how I've survived. And I'm going to beat everyone to it before anyone could hurt me. So if we're going like the psychology route, there's very clearly, this is like a, what is it called? Like self-protection. Yeah. A little defense mechanism in a way. Yeah. But then I think the second thing is uh, my family does not sit well in sadness. Like they, we just not like a very, Mm. um, when I was a kid and I was in the hospitals or sick, I never remember my parents being sad or stressed. They were always joking. Uh, uh, we could have a tragedy in the family. When my uncle passed away a few years ago when he was young, he was like early fifties. We decided to do like a talent show instead of a funeral. And (laughs) this is so great. (laughs) We rented a theater and I hosted it. And like my aunt, I mean, there was like some, I was going to say monologues, but there were speeches (laughs) that like, you know, were a little more heartfelt, but otherwise like 
my cousin played the piano, you know, and someone saying like, you know, because we just don't do well set. So I think um, in these embarrassing moments that you were saying, I've just been trained very early on when it's awkward, when it's upsetting, when, find the humor because it's so much easier to get through the emotion. You're still going to feel sad or depressed or anxious. Yeah. Uh, boy, do I feel all of those very strongly. But humor is the way I get through everything. And yeah. in yeah. return, it turned out to be an entertainment for other people. So it worked out all around. Yeah. So, you know, talk a little bit about that. Because you said like when you were younger, when you were in the hospital, and there's, it, it sounds like you had opportunities to really mm, grow resilience, become resilient and like have to kind of bring out, like hone that, that humor and hone that tool to overcome things because you had things to overcome. Yeah. So at the age of six, I was diagnosed with a bone disease called perthes. And so I had to wear leg braces for three years. I was in and out of hospitals. I had five hip surgeries before the age of 13. So I mean, a lot of procedures. I mean, it was a lot for a kid. Um, and I think that the two biggest things was my mom put me, my brothers and my parents, everyone's in therapy. Like right away. <laughs> Would you remember we love that is, over here? That Hello. was back in 1990. She was so ahead of her time um, to be putting not only kids, but she and my dad went together once a week because she didn't want what was happening oh. with me to affect their mm. marriage. Um, and I think that's why they're still so happily married because this was such a hard, difficult time. But everyone, and also my, my, I'm very close with both my brothers. And I think it's because we were in therapy. Like they didn't resent my mom for being in the hospital for a month at a time with me. Like, you know, there was no resentment because yeah. I think we were dealing with it in real time in therapy. We didn't, no one grew up and had harboring issues. So that's why I think my mom was just like so ahead of her time for 1990 saying like, no, no, because now everyone's in therapy and it's such a normal thing. Back then it was a little, uh, you're in Right. Nobody was doing that. Right. It was, and especially getting the whole family in there and having mom and dad recognize. So, you know, what I want to point out is that even though you, you know, you could call like humor as like a defense mechanism or, you know, something that we kind of put up to shield ourselves from those tough feelings. That is so wonderful when you are simultaneously doing the hard work on the other side. Yeah. It's, it's, it is so powerful when you could do both. If you are somebody who's just doing one where you're using humor and then brushing all the feelings under the rug and not talking about those, not exploring those, not really talking about the hard stuff, it is uh, more of a, a, I don't want to say there are negative consequences to it, but it's, it's really that defense mechanism that maybe prevents us from going through those moments and going through that healing. And it sounds like your family managed to do both. Yes, absolutely. And I, I say this online, like especially in my Insta stories, um, because I'm always so happy and cheery. And I, I let my followers know, oh, I'm struggling. I just picking up my phone and recording it is not what I do. I process it. I cry. I deal. I'm anxious. And then when I'm ready to laugh and smile is when I pick up my phone and I I want people to know, you know, it's not, no one's this happy all the time. That's not real, but I thrive when I'm smiling and when I'm happy. So it's not that I'm hiding my anxiety and my depression from my followers. It's just, that's not productive for me to process those emotions in front of a camera. For me, when I'm right. laughing in front of a camera, that brings me so much joy that 
yes, I cry and I, I go to therapy and I deal with that off camera so that I could turn on my camera and laugh. And that's almost like a healing for me. And so yes. there's, uh, you, you, you're what you, just repeating what you said. It's so important. Comedy is a great tool for getting through things, but you got to do the hard work also. You know, yeah, it sounds like the comedy then can be the release. It's like then letting it go. Like I've now made a joke of it. I've conquered that. I've learned and grown, grown from it. And now I could share with other people because it's impossible. You know, I think that's such an important thing to point out. You know, when we consume social media, when we just see somebody in one way, it's easy to forget that they are a multidimensional person and have to- so many different sides to their life and are yeah. doing so much work on the back end to be able to bring that part of themselves to the yeah. public. It's so important for, for people to really say that because um, sometimes I'll watch someone and I'll think their life is so amazing. And it's it, it could be, but I, you always have to remember that there's an off button and there's stuff going on behind the scenes. So I, my ex used to joke, I'd be on FaceTime with him hysterically crying, shaking. I'm so anxious, nothing's happening, da-da-da. And then we'd hang up and five seconds later, he'll see a post of me laughing and being happy. And it's not that I was being fake. It was that I got it out with him and then I wanted to feel better. So then I made a funny video, which was like helping me. It wasn't hiding something. Yeah. It's not. So people need to know that just because they saw, they, they watched someone on Instagram or YouTube or in the magazines and everything looks glamorous. It doesn't mean five minutes before they weren't processing a family death or an illness or pain, or it just means they chose or to do, you know, it's just important that people know that, that there has to be work off camera to, to, to yes. be that genuinely happy on camera. Yes. Yeah. I love that you said that a lot of work off camera. Yeah. I get a lot of questions about sex and I bet you guys listening have a lot of questions about sex. Maybe some of them that you're too embarrassed to call our voicemail and, you know, ask on the air, but I have a great solution for you. It's Beducated. That's right. Beducated is your own personal sex education online database. I mean, they have everything, a hundred plus online courses on sex and intimacy curated by the world's top experts. We're talking a huge variety, everything from self-pleasure to kink all in one place. And this includes video tutorials, practical exercises, and a whole bunch of relatable information in a really safe and totally approachable place. So go to beducate.me slash everything 50 or click the link in the description to get 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code everything. So give it a try with our 24 hour free trial. There's absolutely no risk because Beducated offers a 14 day money back guarantee. This is great. It's also a wonderful like date night activity. Get together with your partner, spice things up a bit, check out a few online courses and, you know, enjoy. All right. Well, you know, I want to talk a little bit about some of the things that you've brought on camera that have really created a family and a connection and a network of people that, you know, I think that is one of the most amazing things about you and about what you have online. Like I myself have been to one of your shows, like I said, and I saw an entire room filled with people who I know in those moments felt so seen. 
I love that. And I want to know what, like, what is your secret? How did you do that? How did you, by putting yourself out there, help a bunch of other people to feel seen in a way? I don't know if I actually know the ingredient or how I do it. I just know what you're talking about because I, um, People will, my parents go to a lot of my shows. My mom's on the road with me. She's living her best life, retired. I think I met her. I definitely did. You definitely did. (laughs) Um, And uh, people will go up to her and they, you, they, they go up to her as if they know her and they'd be like, mama shawl. And they're like, yeah. And she'll be like, they'll, they'll say, I just want you to know, like, I, and then they tell my mom what they've been through. They'll be like, I'm going through a divorce. Robin's been with me every night. And no, no, I, I don't. I haven't been with her in her, this person's home or spoken to this person directly, but because of social media and my videos, it feels very personal. Um, Everything I do, you know, I'm like, guys, we are going to the supermarket. Not I'm going to the supermarket. We're going to the supermarket today. Hey guys, we're going on tour. It's a, it's a group thing. So I think people feel that everything I do, we're doing together. And Again, I don't know the how that comes about. I just know I feel good knowing I'm doing it with everyone. You know, think life is so scary and hard. And the fact that, and even before I got a big fan base, when I had like a smaller fan base, I it was the same thing. I was like, oh, I have 20 followers. Okay, good. We're all going to the store together. <laughs> you know, we're, we're all going to break up with this boy together. We're all going to go yeah. do this show together. Because life is left scary when you have people. You know, I think for me, when I start getting too lonely or when I start like isolating myself, that's when my mental health is at its worst. Um, And so the fact that I now have like this social media where I can, I'm never alone if I don't want to be. So I think what happens is then people come to my shows and they're like, I know Rob, that's my friend up there. Because every night through social media, we're doing stuff together. So when, I mean, yes. And what's so crazy is at my shows, people are sitting next to each other and they all have similar stories because we've all done the same things together, just not yep. together. So I know what you're saying. The shows are, the com, the, I mean, the shows are funny and a great time, but there's this energy in the room because everyone feels like a part of yes. this. That's my favorite. It's really amazing. Yeah. Was this something that you, were you always like this? You know, I think about this little girl who's got braces on her legs and is going through tough stuff and that in so many, uh, I don't know, sitcoms and, and books would be like the target of bullying and, you know, you just expect that to be a really tough experience to go you through and make friends. So are you that. always like this? Yeah, I have to say, I had a group of little girlfriends starting, I was in first grade when I was first diagnosed and they uh, were, some of them I'm actually still friends with, amazing. They did not see the leg mm. braces. Like, you know, they, they, we still played games. They, they knew I had leg braces and maybe I couldn't run as fast. So maybe we wouldn't play the running games or we wouldn't. It's just, 
they didn't, uh, my parents didn't, my parents had a very strict rule. If Robin wanted to, she could, she wanted to go ice skating. Well, we'll try. She wants, Robin wants to go skiing. Okay. We'll try. You know, they didn't let the leg braces hold me back. And then randomly these little six-year-old girls had the same mentality. So I, where I do think it is hard for a lot of kids. I happen to have been yeah. surrounded by these little girls who were amazing. And then my family, that was amazing where everyone's like, okay, she's sick. All right, move it. Let's keep it moving. She's, yeah. she's still playing baseball. She's still going to do this. She's still going to do that. So because of that, I, because I had such a good group of friends at school, I really wasn't picked on because you're going to mess with a whole group of girls, you know, right, doing right. that. So and people just yeah. embraced you. Yeah, it was, you know, it was the adults that were terrible. It was not the children. Like I one time this remember such a good point. me and um, one of my little girlfriends went up to her mom and asked for a play date. And she said no, because she was scared. My leg braces would break something in her house. And she said it too. Could me. you imagine? Yeah. Or I mean, I, my te- my first grade teacher got pregnant, and she wanted me no longer in the class because she was scared I'd get her sick. Even though parthes is not contagious. Oh, my. And my here mom you have to, parents yeah. who are going to therapy and so modern and and progressive in that way, yeah. and then you've got a teacher who's like, I don't want to catch it. Yeah, oh, exactly. That's the awful. Gy- the gym teacher for like failed me because I couldn't do like a you know, any of the cartwheels or flips. And then my mom had to like threaten to sue the school if they didn't make like a program that was right. You know, you can't, if someone's handicapped, you can't give them the same gym tests as someone who's not handicapped, but it has to be a specific, you know, so uh, there was definitely challenges, but it wasn't from, I didn't get picked on from kids. I got picked on from adults that was, you know, they were the, they were the problem. Yeah. Is- Do you still feel like like there's that criticism or, you know, maybe it's a little bit different, but that adults are, are kind of like the the tough people to win over, um, that they could be the most critical? Uh, I mean, not really, because I, I, there's still, I mean, I think just think there's some bad people. I just think there's some idiots. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know, there's a lot just of wonderful being online people. And, yeah. And being on social media, like, you know, it's, it's there's still that bullying and there's still that place for people to say hurtful comments and yeah, but I have a strict, I have a strict, no being mean to me or mean to other people policy. I love blocking. Like if you, if I see someone write like, this isn't funny, bye. Then you don't get to see my stuff anymore. Um, if I see two people fighting in the comments, both are gone. There's no, not, not, you know, so maybe that has stopped my growth, but I don't care. There's just no me, you know. There's there's this feeling, I, I think people often feel, especially if I, I'm thinking about our listeners who have called in and, you know, even some people that I've worked with, friends that I've had, and there's this feeling of, uh, I want to make everyone happy. I want to do the right thing or be the right way or be just perfect or or just so, so that... I'm accepted by others or so that everybody doesn't pick on me or, or, you know, so that everybody likes me in a way. And it's from what you're saying, we can't like everybody. We've got to weed some of those out. And it seems like you've almost made a stronger community by saying, I want more of the quality 
And totally. there's no room for that. I in always here. say like, and I, I am sure a lot of people say it, but I think I'm correct. I have the nicest group of followers. Like the kids are exceptional humans. And it's because those are the ones that are around. I, I don't need millions of followers. I need the best people. You know, and yeah. so yeah. I'd rather have a smaller group, but then I know when I show up at my shows, that audience, I'm looking at the nicest, most generous people versus selling out yeah. these huge stadiums where half the people could be crappy. I don't need crappy people. I need good right. people. So yeah. I am a people pleaser, but I'm a people pleaser to the people <laughs> I like. Do you know what I mean? Like, to, I never want to disappoint my followers. I never want to disappoint my friends. I never want to disappoint my family. And I'm, I sometimes drive myself crazy because I want everyone to be happy and I want everyone to be proud of me and I want everyone to be – but I know I'm going overboard for the people I care there about their opinions. If you're mean, I don't care about your opinion because you're mean. Yeah. Like, go, like yeah. you're not, uh, you're not worth being. Also, I just, I don't know you don't deserve being around me if you're not nice. Like that's you lost the yeah. privilege, and everyone should feel that way. Sometimes I see people and they're like, "Oh, I keep fighting with this for one friend." I'm like, "Then that friend yeah. doesn't deserve you." Like if they're if they're making you not feel good, then. You don't need, like, you know, and I, I do feel that, you know, I know this, we're talking about friendships today. I have to have the most yeah. amazing friends, but that is because along the way, there's been friends that I've had to break up with, you know, it's, it, it really is like a breakup, isn't it? Oh, you know, it's like I think a it's relationship. Worse. Oh my God. Have you broken I up do, with a right? best friend before? Jeez, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And you just keep thinking about it and think about it for a long time, you know, and it's hard because you may never have those answers similar to a breakup of what happened, or it's almost just like, this isn't something that I want to accept in my life anymore. Well, let's take a quick break real quick to talk about something that's really supported me being the best version of myself recently. You know, I used to be one of those people who thought they did not have time to prioritize wellness, but then I came across Aloe Moves and now my whole mindset has changed. This is the app that makes it so easy to keep my wellness routine on track because they have everything in one place. There's yoga, Pilates, fitness classes, mindfulness, self-care tips, health recipes, and so much more. Uh, from beginner to advanced, Alamoves has the flow or classes that will fit your schedule. I know it's really helped me meet my goals and just feel more connected to myself. So unlock your personal wellness routine with Alamoves. Go to alomoves.com now and use code TCE for an exclusive 30-day trial and enjoy 20% off of an annual membership. That's alomoves.com, code TCE, alomoves.com, code TCE. I haven't had many like uh, fights with friends where we like had a big blowout. A lot of times it's where I just realize, oh, you know what? This friend is not good for my mental health or, oh, this friend and I like keep clashing. And then I don't yeah. even have sometimes tell them. I think we, I'm really good at just like saying, hey, you know, just go our separate ways. But I'm also really good. I think, um, cause I love my friends so much. I'll do anything for them. And I think that's yeah. important too. It's not just separating yourself from the toxic friends. It's making sure the friends that are good know how much you appreciate them. I think you have to work on both. You have to cut the bad and you have to like keep watering your good yeah, friends. I was just thinking that. I was like, yeah, it's like watering a garden. You got to know which yeah. ones are weeds and which ones you got to pull up and, yes. and get the heck oh out God, of there. Perfect. That's a perfect. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. Have you had experiences where you've had trouble making friends before? Struggled with that or like gone into new environments and felt like, you know, maybe the outcast in there? Yeah, I feel like I don't thrive on first impressions. I thrive on second and third impressions. So like when I first went to sleepaway camp or I first went to college or I first went, the first few days, I'm like, we have no friends, you know? And then by day three or four, I, I start clicking, you know? I think I, it takes people a minute to um, get me or, you know, I, because here's the thing, although I'm a comic and I do these ridiculous things online, I'm actually not the loud one in the room or at a party. I'm, I'm more of a, I'm not an introvert at all, but I'm not the, uh, Hey everyone, like in, in yeah. social situations online, when they put the camera in front of me, I'm, I can do anything, but you put me at a party. I'm definitely like, you know, just standing there with a drink in the corner. And then I find one person to talk to and, to, yeah, you know. the listener so does, maybe yeah. taking in the yeah. taking in the scene and then making commentary on it. Okay, yeah. well, what advice would you have? You know, say we have a listener, and we've had a lot of callers who have called in talking about being really shy and feeling. Uh, you know, we've had people who have moved to new cities and are looking to make friends in new places. It could be especially hard as an adult. What advice would you have for somebody who's maybe shy or maybe introverted who's trying to make new friends? Okay, first, join a club uh, thing. You know, I, two, no, three of, like, my closest friends right now are comedians. So so I met them through the comedy world later in life. You know, I started comedy when I was 27, 28. um, And I... So I met them because of the comedy, you know, this was a a thing I was doing. So if you join like an art class, join a book club, join, uh, you know, if you go on these event brights, there's all these like free or low price clubs and groups and things, join something where you're seeing the same people over and over so that you can't just do a one-time class because then you maybe not see them again. Join a class where it's a six weeks class where it's every Tuesday and Thursday so that you're seeing the same people um that one i think you need that as an adult otherwise it's so hard to make friends right you know somebody and like i love that you said that's always my advice shared activities shared hobbies things that you love to do what is it that you love to do i was just watching something online of uh, this was a comedian who was talking about how many board games is too many games to own and he said what if i told you i had 600 and i was like well now i have to know more about this guy so then i went digging <laughs> and he hosts like a weekly board game meetup where he yeah, you know that. like twice a week people come and they all bring their board games and they play board games like this this is great people don't even know that this kind of stuff exists like there are so many different awesome like groups and and for anyone who is into anything it doesn't matter what you're into rock climbing got it board games got it knitting got it hiking they got it like bird watching and even even if you're not like in a city if you're in a more you know um like small town, there's so many online Zoom things now. Like they have Zoom speed dating. They have Zoom knitting classes. So that even if you're like, there's no one who lives in my town. So then find someone online that you you connect with. There's the, the yes. with the internet now, there's ways to make friends. And I've made friends through the, you know, 
Do you remember Periscope, yes. the live stream? All my yes. followers, there's people like to, that start off as followers who just, you know, I have been to several shows or I've seen met on the street. There's this one girl uh, who lives in the city. And, you know, I do uh, on my Instagram story, I'll be like, all right, I'm going to be in the park. I'm giving away this, you know. And there's this one girl who, like, has come now to, like, four or five things. And now I've, like, seen her on the street. And I was having, like, an after party one time after a show. And because now that i kind of gotten to know her, I, like, invited to them. We were at the bar together. So it all starts just because you see someone, you know. Yes. The internet is now ways to make friends. So you don't need to be scared about it. Um it just activities. Find someone who has similar yeah. activities. And then also, so one of my best friends, this is actually, remember I was saying the group of six-year-old girls that mm-hmm. were great to me when I had leg braces? So there's this girl, Carrie, and we were so close when we were six, seven, and eight. And and then middle school happened, and we didn't know the same classes, so we weren't friends anymore. Not because anything happened, but, you know, middle school, you know, right. you just grow apart. And then yeah. we always joke because then in 10th grade, one day I call her house, you know, it's back to landlines. And I'm like, hey, Carrie, do you want to go to the movies together? And we hadn't talked in like six years, like five years, just because we didn't have a different friends. And she's like, okay. And we went to the movies yeah. together. And now, I mean, I mean, she's back in my life, you know, she's at all my shows and, you know, we're, we're so close. But should we always joke that if I didn't make that call and just invite yes. her to the movies, sometimes you just... And she wanted to go to the movies. Like, she wanted to be friends with me again. This is why I have you as our expert of putting yourself out there because (laughs) I was like, you are so good at this. And just kind of getting over that. This is the part that I think is a real struggle for people is the voices in their head, the doubting thoughts, the worst case scenario that comes up, the fear that that person has a whole story about you. Oh, they don't want to blah, blah, blah. You know, a reason why they don't want to, that was all fake and we all create. So what do you do to kind of silence those? Are those voices even there for you? And if so, how do you shut them up? It is. And it goes back to the other thing. If someone doesn't want to be nice to me, or doesn't want to be my friend, then they don't deserve Mm. to be my friend. Like, so let's just say I had called Carrie and she was like, Because remember, what are we, 15, 16? Those are the worst type of girls. Worst. Right? From 15 to 16. Let's just say she, like, I was nervous to call. Absolutely. And then let's say she was like, I'm not going to the movies with you. And then I'm like, oh, good. I'm not going to have a bitch around me. You know, I think it's the same thing friends and dating. Like, um, you don't want people around you who don't want to be around you. If a guy doesn't right. want to, or a girl, someone doesn't want to date you and they break up with you, you don't want them. You only want people around you. So yeah, you can put yourself out. And I know it's scary. I'm saying this very nonchalantly because we're just chatting, but I'm scared yeah. to put myself out there. But then I'm always like, okay, well, if they don't like me, then they don't deserve to be around me. And I think if you keep yeah. that mentality that, okay, I'm going to ask if they want to hang out. I'm going to ask if he wants to go on a date. I'm going to ask if she wants to be my friend. And if they say no, well then, okay, fine. Good. I didn't want to be Yeah. It's almost like a little test of, of, yeah, yeah, that gives you more information about them. Like, okay, then I don't really want that person in my life. You know, speaking of rejection like that and, and, you know, almost embracing that rejection, how have you handled that in the past? Have there been those moments of, I know one of the things that I absolutely love on your Instagram that I follow is your dating life. And you're somebody who's really put yourself out there in the world of dating, which I, of course, always as every single dating experience, you know, any person's experience in dating comes with rejection sometimes. 
Yeah. I mean, I also am an actress and a, a comedian and in the art. So I'm oh. rejected. I'm rejected multiple times a day from every <laughs> aspect of my life, from dating to the internet to my career. Like I just am one big failure every day, multiple times a day. So what happens is that it still stings, you know, like let's yeah. say I like a guy and he doesn't like me. It still hurts when I really want a, a job. I audition for something and then I don't get it. Oh, it hurts. If I try a new joke and the, it bombs like that, it, it all still hurts. Um, but then I don't know. As long as you don't die, everything will go on. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. I, I remember one time the comedy booker at <laughs> this comedy club in the city saw a video of me bungee jumping. And he was like, I can't believe can't, you did that. I can't believe I, you've done that. You are out of your freaking mind. I am. This is somebody who has been on multiple challenges and done crazy things, jumped out of airplanes. I do not know why you've ever been bungee jumping. You're so yeah, great. And it was the highest bungee jump in the world. And oh. he he watched the video and he's like, I, you're crazy. And I'm like, stand-up is so much scarier than bungee jumping. He's like, no, it's not. I said, if the, if the cord broke, I die, it's over, I won't know. If I bomb on stage, I then have to walk past 400 Ugh. people. Uh, so so as long as you don't die, you keep things will keep going. So my point is, yeah. yes, things hurt. Things hurt. But as long as you don't die, you're oh going to be fine. So so put yourself out there. There's it's you so okay, the stand up if I bomb, it sucks. I have to walk by those 400 people. Yeah. But then, you know what, the next day I'll eat eggs yeah. and bacon and I'll be fine. Like you just have to know, you know, I, I, okay, I may, I may be in love with a guy and he may break my heart and that sucks and I'm being rejected. But you know what? In like two months, I may meet a new guy and have sex with him and he'll be amazing. And you know, yeah. as long as I didn't die from that first breakup, then there'll be something else. Like that's just thing is I guess things hurt. Absolutely. But as long as you're bungee cord doesn't break you'll be right and every single time it does get easier right it is like yeah you know the more you do it i bet the first few times you went up on stage and did stand up that would have been terrifying but i imagine the more you do it i mean it's probably still terrifying but becomes a little easier and it uh, I, I do think I think you're right i mean it still hurts rejection will always hurt but i think you start to realize Maybe the bounce back is is shorter. Oh. Maybe it still hurts as much, but you bounce back faster. I used yes. to if I if I bombed on stage, it would take weeks before I wanted to get back up. Now, if a oh, you know, especially with social media, if mm-hmm. I post a video and no one finds it funny, it stings. And it used mm-hmm. to be, oh, I'm not posting anymore. Now it stings, but I still post the next day. So I, I just think the bounce back is faster. Talk about a sponsor that has been near and dear to my heart and actually near and dear to my, every place on my body lately. Uh, it, you'll hear why. Uh, it's Lumi Deodorant. And that's because Lumi Deodorant is a deodorant, a whole body deodorant designed by an OBGYN that works not only on your pits, but also your feet, your privates, everywhere else we get odor. And as somebody who has recently been recovering from surgery and was not able to take showers for a while, I know not only I was happy to have Lumi deodorant there, but everybody around me was probably happy to have Lumi deodorant. Uh, 
for me as well. So Luma deodorant is baking soda-free, paraben-free, pH-balanced, safe for use below the belt. I know that personally. And clinically proven to control odor better than a shower with soap alone. 12 hours after a shower, the average person has an odor level of 6 out of 10. And with Lumi, the average odor level is a 0 out of 10. So don't you want to be 0 out of 10? That's right. As a special offer for our listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code TCE at Lumi deodorant.com that equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code TCE. That's lumideodorant spelled L-U-M-E deodorant.com. Uh, check it out. Everybody else around you will thank you. I know all of my friends did. <laughs> and it sounds like you've kind of developed some strategies for going through that or bouncing back and maybe handling that kind of rejection, kind of like changing the story that you tell yourself or what are your tools that you use to bounce back from that or what helps? It sounds I, like you have a really good, like that voice inside your head that like, there's like almost like two, it feels like there's this doubting voice. And then there's this voice that's like, no, I got, I could do it. Like, let's just do this today. Let's like, it'll be better next time. And you got this. And it sounds like that voice has been very, that voice has the microphone in your head. My therapist said something to me a couple of years ago. It really stuck with me because um, I have that voice that tells me I'm not going to make it. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. Uh, you know, the troll that lives in your head. And she yeah. once said, and she goes, I have a question if, and she mentioned one of my girlfriends. She's like, if Regina said that to you, how would you react? I was like, oh, I'll never talk. If Regina called me ugly, I would never talk to her again. She's like, and what happens if your brother said you're never going to make it in the business? I said, mm. I'd cut him out. She goes, so then why do you let the troll stay? And she goes, when you hear that voice out loud, say, you need to leave. Just like how yes. you would tell a friend, brother to leave, you have to tell the troll that lives in your head, you need to leave. Because that troll still is with me. I can't, you know, but I will out loud to this day, if uh, that troll in my head is like, this video is not funny, don't post it. I go, you need to leave because someone else is going to find it funny. Get out, you know. And you, yes. I mean, I sound like a crazy person talking no. out loud, but I have to because otherwise he yes. doesn't leave. Yes, you are so – isn't it funny? I, I do this with clients all the time where we <laughs> really externalize that voice. And, you know, I want our listeners to imagine that. Give that voice a face. Give that voice – I yeah. get like this this gross monster. Mine kind of looks like uh, that slimy guy from Star Wars that I can never remember – his name, but he's like a gross slug guy, but he's like, you know, you're the worst and everybody hates you. And you're like, oh, get out of here. And you really do have to say it out loud. I don't know what it is. I'm sure 10 years from now, who knows? Some scientists will be like, oh, this is why this happens. But there is some power to saying it out loud and expelling that from your yeah. mind. And it doesn't work if you just, as well, if you just try to do it in your head. I don't know what that is. I'm so glad yeah. you said that. I, I don't know either. And it, it's funny. I had this conversation with one of my girlfriends and this is a girlfriend who I've been friends with since high school. And she, she, she brought up that one time I had, we were, she was like, she came on a family vacation with us. And in front of my brothers and my cousins, she like, joked that I was like an idiot, like kidding around. She was like, well, of course, because you're an idiot. And then after we got back to the hotel room and I said, Jen, I'm not mad, but you could never call me an idiot again. Not to me and especially not in front of my family. And she was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was, I was kidding. I said, I get it. I'm not mad. Just never again. And 
because we were talking about this troll and she was like, it's so funny that you could set such strong boundaries with other people, but the voice in your head, you don't set it with. And that's why like, I, it's a thing I'm constantly working with because I do, I have such strong boundaries. We, we started this whole conversation with, if you're not nice in my comment section, yeah. not just to me, to other people, you can't fight with yeah. each other, then you're gone. You don't get to stay. But yet I let the troll in my head stay and say these mean things. So it's the thing I'm like, constantly trying to work on is to as tough as I am with other people to be that tough with the troll, you know? Yeah. And you know, I always tell people it, it never gets easier, but you get better. Like you get better at Mm. fighting those voices. It's always, it's something that's daily. You know, I wish that, that there was some magical amount of therapy that we could all do or, you know, like, hit the level 100 of being a person right, and then right. boop, all of a sudden we don't have that voice in our head. There are no more trolls. Yeah. There are no more doubting thoughts, but that's just not the reality that it is yeah. so daily. And it is something that any setback or any embarrassing moment that we have, like uh, we're going to have to say yeah. it out loud, fight it, those voices. And it's so funny. You could have, you could have the best family and friends, or the worst family and friends. That troll. I mean, I am surrounded by the most wonderful people from from my the kids online to my friends, to my family, and yet the troll still lives there. Because a lot of people could say, "Oh, you know, if you have an upbringing where your parents are putting you down, that's why you have." No, it, everyone has that troll. I right. think, and you right. just gotta you gotta say you can't stay here. Gotta go. Yeah. Gotta go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Good messaging. It's so important yeah. that we got to talk about it in our head. All right. Well, let's talk a little bit. You mentioned this before, uh, talking about your friendships, especially like those girls that you had when you were really young. And mm. seems like that you, you know, at least from what I see online, you've done a really good job of nurturing these friendships, even with how busy you are and all the different things you do. And like you give yourself so much to your online community. How do you maintain and nurture those connections with people who are close to I have to give I have to give 90% of the credit to them though because I happen to have the most amazing people in my life who don't put too much pressure on me who don't pick fights with me who who love the things about me whether it's good or bad you know I'm going to have to say like, when I say my followers, I put them in the same group as my friends because it's kind of the same thing. It's right. I found these a massive group of people. We we could do it on a small, you know, micro scale, my girlfriends that I see every day, but in a macro scale of my followers online, it's everyone just appreciates who I am that, you know, they're doing 90% of the work, you know, I'm not doing too much except that I, um, let them know how grateful I am that they oh, love, love me that. and do that. And I, I think, uh, and, and this is, I always like joked for a while, I collect people. Like I don't collect like stamps or, or you know, <laughs> records or anything, but I collect people. So if someone's nice and a good person, I like, okay, you're, I, you're never getting rid of me. That's why I have friends from when I was six years old in high school and college and the girlfriends I met through comedy and my online community. Because once I, once I realize you're good, it's it. Yeah. You're in. I will tell you as much as I can how grateful I am. You know, if you need something, I will do everything. If you're disappointed, I'll be the first one to say I'm sorry. You know, I don't like fighting. Yeah. But again, I think for nurturing the friendships, it's my friends who get so much of the credit because they have been great people. You don't have to work hard. 
this is this is you know I, I feel like this is debatable, so not everyone's going to agree with me. I don't think relationships should be hard. I don't think friendships and and relationships should be hard. I think that should be life is hard. Oh my yeah. gosh, life is yeah. so hard. And yeah. and and they take work, work but hard. they shouldn't be a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, like I think um, I don't know. Your relationships in your life should be your happy thing and should be yeah. the thing that makes life better. Um, and so I found a group of friends that don't make my life hard, that don't make yeah. my life challenging at all. I was upset with a friend. She did something. And I said to her, I was like, Hey, when you did that, it upset me. And she's like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. And I was like, and I said, okay. I said, great. And then we stopped talking about it. And we, we did it. That was the whole conversation. Yeah. It was actually through a text. I texted her. She wrote, Oh my God, I'm so sorry. It will never happen again. And then we went on texting about something where if then, if that would have turned into a, you know, or I think right. about my ex-boyfriend, I, we were together for six, five years. I don't even think we got into a fight. Just because if one of us was upset with something, yeah. we'd say it. The other one would go, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It won't happen again. Or the, or the other one would be like, well, I did this because. And the other person would go, okay, I understand. So your relationships, your friendships should just yeah. be the best part of your life. I, in, my, in my opinion. Some people will say, no, I, I don't know. I think Especially you're right. You know, and I, I think what you ha- what is so important about that and what is consistent in each of those stories is talking about it and bringing it into the open. I think when uh, things don't get said and then grow roots and, and really like poison the ground, it makes it harder for those plants to grow healthy and, you know, yes. keep that garden healthy. So you got to like talk about this stuff. You got to bring it to the surface. And I think people are, are very nervous about saying something that might result in a friend being upset or angry when your example is, is a perfect example of when you say something, it, it helps it. You can say hard yeah. things and in a good friendship. It will bring you guys closer. It will, make it so the space is available for everybody to be open and vulnerable if there is something in the future and the way she responded it and to it and the way that you brought it up says that we are still friends even if you do something that I don't like. Yeah. You're allowed Especially, to be a human and make a mistake and upset exactly. me but we're still friends. Because it's happening and it's happening the other way like where a friend would be like uh, I mean, when I first started dating um two exes ago it was like my first like real boyfriend and I remember she was like Robin it's really upsetting to me that you're not you just kind of ditched me and I was like oh my god I'm so sorry I'm doing this I'm just so excited I'm gonna be so much better and I remember that was the conversation and then we just like kind of fixed it that you have to your friendships and yeah. r- romantic relationships should be people that want to make you happy and want to not hurt you so that you should be able to bring something up to a friend or a partner and they should want to quickly fix it and not even fight and be like, Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Let's make this better. You know, on yeah. both ends. And so when I say I collect people, it's once I realize that I'm, I have someone who wants to make me happy and vice versa, I don't let them go. Cause I'm like, Oh, you're a great person. Yeah. Who, if, when you make a mistake or if I make, if I make a mistake, it'll most likely be me who makes the mistake. You'll forgive me right away. Cause I'll show you, I'll make it better. <laughs> and you know, so I think, yeah, that I is think, the sign of a yeah. healthy relationship and friendship, you know, having a relationship yeah. where nobody ever does anything wrong and everybody's perfect all the time. That's not realistic. Somebody is not being yeah. authentic or, or being open with the other person. It, it's how you can navigate through those difficult times and how you respond. I think often 
it'll be like one of those situations in junior high or something where you'll come to somebody and maybe be open and be vulnerable. And then you get a response that's like a 13-year-old girl response or 15-year-old girl response. And then maybe get the message in your head, oh no, I can never be open and vulnerable again. This is how people are going to react. And we kind of carry that with us until adulthood. And sometimes we have to step back and go, is it my belief about how this person is going to respond or react that is preventing me from being open and authentic and vulnerable with them? And yeah. some that, that I've seen that I hear it from a lot of our callers. You know, it's it's our fears and and worries and messages from the past that we think you know, that we bring into the future and think how people are, how people are going to respond now. And we yeah. remember and nobody, that people are not 15 troll. year old girls. It's the yes. troll. It's a troll. Yes. And tell them that you got to leave because you're there. There are so many amazing people out there that want to be your friend and, right. and, and the quality over quantity. You don't need 20 friends. You need one. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You right. One. You just need one. You need one you a girlfriend one. that you could, or a guy friend that you could just call and rely on. Well, let's take a quick break real quick. I know being a really busy person is something that Robin deals with. It's something that I deal with. And when it comes to eating well, when I'm a really busy person, uh, I don't do so well. And that is why I love Daily Harvest because it helps me eat well, feel healthy, take the guesswork and effort out of cooking. And I love it. They deliver delicious smoothies and other options built on organic fruits and vegetables straight to my door. This was so helpful when I was recovering from my surgery too, and I did not have the time or energy to make any food. I knew with Daily Harvest, I was getting really good quality ingredients. I was getting the fruits and vegetables that I needed, getting the protein I needed, and I didn't have to do a bunch of prep work. It's so easy. So take the guessing out of eating well and try Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com slash TCE and get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com slash TCE for $30 off your first box and free shipping, dailyharvest.com slash TCE. All right, back to the show. Oh, Fran Drescher's autobiography had like an amazing quote. I don't know it, but (laughs) it kind of was when it comes to friendships, know what the friend is good for and expect nothing more so that you're not so good. So let's say you have a girlfriend who, you know, is so much fun to party with, but when it comes to keeping secrets, not her specialty, know that about her. So that you're not, so if you tell her secret and she tells people, well, Why'd you tell her? That's not her specialty. Her specialty is going out and having a good time. And then you may have a friend who's great for those night ins, but you know, when you're depressed, she's not there for you. Know that about her. Don't expect her to give more. Because then you're just setting yourself up. No no one person's going to fulfill all your needs. So, you know, know that and don't expect more. So then you won't be disappointed in people. Yeah. My mom used to use the analogy, said that uh, it's like having, we need a treasure box of friends and there's some jewelry that you take out. It's like party jewelry that you put on as the costume <laughs> jewelry. And then you have, you know, your go-to gold band that might be that one friend. You only have one of those though. You know, yeah. it's like your tried and true going to be there. You could wear it all the time, but like you want to have the most diverse and, and well-rounded friend group and like your treasure chest, you know, these are the metaphors yeah, yeah. that five years old. I was like, okay. When they were like, no, it, like why don't they like one. me? 
you why don't they invite me over well it's because they because they they don't deserve you and that's like yeah that's it if they don't want to be your friend then you don't want you don't want them to be your friend because that means they yeah. have shitty taste in people yeah there you go i like that well, you know, in talking about the importance of connection, I like that you said it doesn't matter how many, it's quality over quantity, and even just one is so important. Tell me how friendship and how connections has helped you or have helped you through difficult times. Um, uh, I, I just, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, I, I'm, again, from six years old, I've just been so blessed to have this army of friends again it may have changed you know when I was a kid it was one group of friends and then in high school I had a different group of friends and some of those friends have carried through but I'm just so lucky uh it's like like it's an armor when you have good girlfriends it it, they protect you from you know if you're going through a breakup they're there to say oh he sucks don't worry about it you know I remember uh my friend Regina who appears in a lot of my Instagram um, videos. She's so such a funny comedian, but she, I always say like she when during the pandemic, I lived in a tiny studio in Manhattan, so I was isolated from the world. Okay, because you mm-hmm. couldn't even go in the hallway without wearing a mask. Everyone, you know, and I had my tiny studio had one window facing brick, so there was like no sunlight. Nothing. Oh my god. I'm by myself. Uh, my grandma passes away three weeks later. My other grandma passes away, and I. Also, I'm a comic, so I wasn't making money because the comedy clubs are closed. So right. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent. I'm not getting sunlight. I, everyone I love is dying. I can't <laughs> see my friends or family. I'm by myself. I'm at the lowest point. Um, and she had, she lived a few blocks away. And during the pandemic, we were walking buddies. Like we'd stand like three feet away, but we'd walk together. And I wasn't leaving my apartment. And she had texted and she said, oh, let's go for a walk. And I said, no, no I just want to be left alone. And like an hour later she goes oh i'm downstairs let's go for a walk and i said no you keep walking i'm good and then she's like she jokes she writes she writes i'm wearing flip-flops robin just come down walk around the block get air and then i'll leave you alone but you have to leave your apartment and she jokes because she was like there's no sunlight like robin's not getting air or sunlight she needs to come out and and she like wore flip-flops she knew it was just to go around the block but what happens is once she got me outside we walked for three hours because i just needed a girlfriend to get me outside and she's like if i know you to wear sneakers she's like i don't <laughs> you were just going to, you know, but like the the what friends do for me is yeah. it, they're it's it's about like be your armor, like making sure the world doesn't break you. Um, yeah. They make sure you, you don't fall too hard, and I think you know sometimes you don't realize that that people is what pick you up. You know, you need yeah. to pick yourself up. That's important, but it's really better when you have like a an army around you that lift you up and on the flip side who that celebrate your wins too because you know it's nice when you're happy and have that same armor around you so no one can take you down you know yeah Uh, people are important you need people that's such a big one celebrating your wins too to be able oh my gosh (laughs) be your cheerleaders you know it's if you have a a question for you yes yes do you find you've lost friends more because they weren't there for you in your hard times or because they weren't oh, happy for you in your good times? What a good question. Uh, you know what I find is that 
especially with being somebody who has an online presence, that people are curious about what's going on during the hard times, but then not the, like asking questions and check like, oh, what's happening? You know, want to pry and kind of dig a little bit, but then don't ask the questions when it's positive or happy stuff. So it feels like the the maybe people who have may, it, been in the past or I'm not really as close with, like it, it's, it seems like they're not as there to celebrate the good moments. But I think that the times when I have been able to see who my real friends are, are during the hard times. And during the times where, you know, it's been sometimes been years since I've talked to them, but really needed somebody and they've reached out and uh-huh. really shown me like who they are when, and that's like a hard thing for me to do is to reach out and say, I need help right now. And, you know, kind of like what you mentioned before, uh, in the beginning of the show where, uh, with that boyfriend where, you know, you had just gotten a fight and then he saw you all happy online. People will not know that, I'm going through a lot because they'll be like, didn't she just put out a podcast this week where she's like, you know, all happy. So it's, it's my friends who are, uh, you know, kind of there in those quieter times that, that aren't so public that I think show me like who's really with me. But yeah, the hard times I think has, has really been the ones, I think your question was, when have people like been there to support you? Hard times, you or know. Good times, you know, but... just the, when have you been able to realize someone's not a good friend? Is it more because they're oh, not there for the, the hard times, or because they're not yeah. there for the good times? And then you're yeah. like, for the hard times. Yeah, yeah. I would say, I would say that the hard times when they're not there for the hard times, it's it's harder. But it, now that you mention that, you know, it, that's such a great question because I never really thought about that. I feel like I don't reach out to people to celebrate the good times as much as I reach out to people when I am in need during the hard times. And I think that's something that I need to change because that has even prevented me from feeling okay reaching out to people because I'm like, oh no, I just call them when I need to, when I'm going through tough stuff. And I need to also reach out and call people to celebrate their wins and celebrate my wins too, because people want to share in that. Thank you, Robin. Absolutely. And oh. I actually think, I think the good time when I think it's more impressive when someone's there for your good times, even though people are like, wait, what do you mean? Like, yeah, no, think I think you're right. To ride your but it's like, no, when someone can be truly happy for your wins, that's a real friend because they are excited for you, not jealous, not this, not that. They, they've, when someone's like, uh, they're celebrating by your side. I, um, I have a girlfriend, Belinda, who's in a lot of my Instagrams and people are always like, yes. I love how supportive she is for you. And I'm like, yo, of course, like, yes. of course she is. Cause we're so happy for each other's wins. And when she wins, I win. When I win, she wins. Like, it's like so good that um, I, she better be there on my hard days. Yeah. She is, you know. But I think it's uh, you should definitely bring your friends in on the happy moments because if they should be enjoying your happy, it, it should be happy for them too. Yeah. Um, and you know, now that I, I think of it, the, the times when I've had big changes that I've been very excited about in my life and the people who have been uh, 
upset about those changes or didn't support those changes are not people that I have in my life anymore because they were the ones who were, I don't know, more comfortable with seeing me struggle and less comfortable with supporting me or being a cheerleader doing those good times because maybe it meant a loss for them, me moving away or me, them having to share their time because I'm in a relationship or whatever it may be. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. It's, um, I I always think the friends that could be both are, those are the real ones. Those are the gold bands that your mom was talking about. Um, but, uh, the ones that, you know, are jumping up and down with you. Those are, those are the real ones, you know, that can, and also because then if you think about it in reverse, don't you want to hear your friends accomplishments? Like, doesn't it make you happy when your friends succeed? So you should share your your wins with your friends because if they're your real friends, it should bring them joy. Just like their happiness brings your joy. Yes. In the same way, helping a friend feels so good. So letting a friend help you, you you know, we got to give our friends the opportunities to have those good feelings too. It like goes both ways Yeah, and they want to, but it's so hard to ask for sometimes. I know, I know. It's the troll. It's the troll. He has to be Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, let's take a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. Have you ever wished that there were more than 24 hours in a day? Because uh, same. And luckily, Chomps knows that real life demands real ingredients. And that's why they've made healthy snacks perfect for life on the go. Whether it's better metabolism, hormone regulation, bone health, the benefits of a high protein diet are abundant. And most of us are not getting the protein in our diet that we need. So we have Chomps. Chomps is simply made with natural ingredients that you can feel good about. They're filled with the highest quality, sustainably sourced, 100% grass-fed meat that you can feel good about uh, what you're snacking on. I know this is something that I have been snacking on for years. It's always in my ski bag, my go-to bag for hiking. And right now, Chomps is offering our listeners 20% off your first order and free shipping when you go to chomps.com slash TCE. Go to chomps.com slash TCE to see all the delicious flavors. I love the Italian one. And get 20% off of your first order and free shipping. That's C-H-O-M-P-S dot com slash TCE. And don't forget to use our link so that they know we sent you. All right, back to our show. Well, uh, we do have a caller, a voicemail from okay. a caller who has a question about uh, overcoming some of the, maybe like the troll in their head. So I think this is a okay, perfect great. question for us to listen to. And uh, I feel like you are an expert in giving people advice. You had a podcast called uh, Call, Waiting, Call Waiting. where yes, You were my first guest on. Do you know that? <gasps> I didn't. That's so exciting. I know yeah. I was a guest on, but the first, ah, I'm on Yes. Um, wait, isn't it so crazy that we have only known each other for like a year or two? Don't you feel like we've known each other for so much longer? For so long. <laughs> I can't even explain it. And I feel like you, I'm like, oh, this is my friend. Like I'm having yeah. an old friend on the show. Like I'm just going to chit chat about friendship with a, a friend. I mean, it makes and- sense on my end because I've been watching you since Brooklyn. You know, uh, what is it called? What's the show called? Yeah, The um, Real World. Yes. Real World. Oh, my yes. gosh. So, like, I actually have known you for 15 years. Yeah. But, like, to what? actually know you, it's, like, wild. Because I'm like, oh, it does. It feels like we've known each other for so long. And the way you are so open and vulnerable, and I feel like I've been so such a part as a viewer of so much of your life, like so many of your kids are, you know, it makes me feel like we're that close as well. So, it goes both ways, and I absolutely Wait, love are it. are you still dating your boyfriend? 
I sure am. He's around. Yes, he, he such, is. So uh, Sarah came backstage after my show in Denver. He was a delight. I Isn't like, he, he the cutest? Such, he's such good energy and was uh, such a nice person. Um, he really is. That, uh, yeah. I'm, and it, I'm it, telling I mean, everybody, you're not with don't them sleep anymore. And then fuck them. <laughs> don't don't sleep on short kings. They're the best. I yeah. tell everybody don't don't limit your dating profile to to this height or this height because yeah. you know I or uh, nice I, guys. Uh, I always say like yes. you don't need the bit. You don't need the drama. Just go for the nice guy. Just like nice guy. Let him treat right. you. I had a I friend go, say to me. She was she was she's saying this woman and she was just like you know. Do you ever get like. I don't know when they're like too nice. Is it ever a turn off? I'm like, no, no, <laughs> no. no. I want to be, want. I want to be like over them, over the top, everything I want. Just give me because again, life is so hard. Let the relationships be the easy thing. Yeah. And imagine in 10 years, you're going to get about 20% of that. <laughs> like realistically, yeah. you know, maybe Although I, I watch how my dad help. treats my mom. My dad still, if my mom's like, get me a drink. He's like, okay. So yeah, let, let friendships, relationships, all that be the easy part of your life. Um, go for the good people. Don't go. I I watch, I always say like the worst reality show I could possibly go on is the real housewives because a lot of relationships are based around money. Yeah, yeah, money and showing off and uh no, like your only the only reason to be friends with someone is because uh you guys like each other and you both make each other's lives better. Yeah. It's it, you know, it yeah. shouldn't be about who about what each other is wearing, it shouldn't be about what they can do for you because those relationships yeah. aren't gonna last or bring happiness to you. They don't. And and trying to be the kind of person that everybody wants you to be in those scenarios, like I see a lot of that in in that show like expectations in the group and dressing a certain way or acting a certain way because of how the group is going to perceive you is just self-abandonment and will only lead to resentment. I can't believe you come from the reality TV world. That is so wild. It's insane. You don't fit the profile. You're telling me, sister. Maybe one time I did, but I think through going on reality television and being on there and seeing such odd human interactions and like people at such extremes, you know, and, and to see how different people reacted and how, and then to have the downtime that I did in those environments to be able Mm -hmm. to dive deeper into people's backgrounds. I'm curious about, you know, what made them resilient, what made them respond the way that they did, you know, whatever it may be. And it just really showed me that we, are all a product of the experiences we've had and the environments that we've been in. And because those are all so different and unique, every person is also different and unique. So, and so deep, you know, like it, it, there's so much more to everyone. And so I, I, I feel like I learned so much about people being in that environment and then just had to help in the way Complete 180 and help everyone's mental health. Oh my gosh. I'm like, oh my gosh. Or maybe I was just doing it on the show and I'm like, I better start getting paid for this because I'm already doing it on TV. Or you were like undercover for your thesis years later. Just now like this study of human behavior. That is exactly what I studied in grad school is the effect of reality television on its participants. So that is I I was just in the in the playing the long game and just researching them for fifteen years. I suppose. Are you watching traders? 
I have been told to watch it and I've been getting regular updates, but I have not watched it. And uh, I'm also thinking if I were to ever go back on reality TV, that's when I might go on. Yeah. I mean, it's so good, but it is a really interesting study on human behavior. Like yeah. someone earlier this season had to leave because he was so triggered by people not believing him that he was innocent oh, wow. and that he ended up leaving off camera. And then they're just like, he, he was just gone the next day. And then he, in an interview, explained like childhood trauma was coming up wow. because I'm sitting around this round table and people weren't believing me that I was innocent. It's called a faithful, but innocent yes, whatever. Yes. not one of the murderers. Um, and I'm like, Oh, what a like mind game this show. I mean, I love it as a consumer. Yeah, as a viewer. Yeah. Again, I'll, all these shows I can never go on, but I love watching them, you know, but, um, <laughs> It's reality TV is such a mind because you don't know what relationships are real. Going back to friendships, like here in this game, you a close friend could be a murderer. You know, in the challenge, a close friend could be on the opposite team that has to vote you out. So all these reality shows, uh, your friends are also your enemies. They really are. Talk about everything I just said in this last hour. You can't apply any of this to game shows or reality shows because it it doesn't work. So it's coming from that world. It's wild. Yeah. And, you know, that that puts us as viewers in this weird position because if you are maybe a a teenage girl who's watching Real Housewives or watching The Challenge and these are the messages you're getting about friendship, that's going to be a problem. That it's hard to separate. Like we need to to recognize that there are different. We need to look at models for friendships that are outside of television, reality shows, things like that, because yeah. those things don't make for good storyline. Like healthy friendships don't make for good no. story. Good, <laughs> terrible, I'm terrible TV. Right? I'm not boring. Yeah, you know, uh, I want more so, drama. You know, people always yeah. shut down. Much I love reality shows because my actual life is pretty drama free. But um, that's where I get the dramas and other people's. Yeah. Lives. Yes. Yes. I mean, you you were like the number one moment in reality <laughs> drama. Oh, you're so, oh my God. I'll never live down. That's right. That just the image of me crying just for forever. Uh, and I love it. And, and, here, and here, I love you so much. And I want only happiness for you. But that moment was so wonderful. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Know? We can, we can, we can appreciate both. For television. Listen, I even, I'm like, of course he did that. Of course yeah. that happened on TV because it what was else was going to happen? It makes it for cold. great TV. But that's why and, I'm saying you can't make reality TV also what real life is. Because right. again, if someone did that to you off camera, my, my instincts would be to attack this person and be upset. <laughs> yeah. But then reality TV, it's just like, it's not real. It's just, right. it's TV. Show. I know it's mm-hmm. real. I know it's not scripted, but it's TV, it's entertainment. So you have these relationships, you have these friendships. It's just, that it must be such a mind game to not yeah. understand what's real. That's so hard. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh, I couldn't. Well, it takes a while. And I think it, it did make me question friendships and make me look at like who is uh, uh, being authentic and where can I be my authentic self and what friendships uh-huh. allow me to be that complete person who can talk about hardships, who can talk about, you know, times where somebody screwed me over on a reality TV show and they don't roll their eyes at it or think I'm just like, I don't know, talking about stuff that doesn't matter, whatever. But yeah, that it was experiences like that, that really showed me who my real friends were 
too. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so much. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like that's yeah. so hard, but that's great. Yeah. And my real friends and are Jenna like, Cole. I don't even know who you were. You were on reality. So no, no, you're Sarah <laughs> that I know from summer camp. So I don't even care. All right. Well, we've got a voicemail from one of our listeners about friendship and about just like we were talking, those trolls in the head that may be telling our uh, things that aren't true. So let's have a listen and see what advice we can give our caller. Great. Hi, Sarah. Um, I had a quick question about um, ruminating thoughts. Um, sometimes I just can't get past something embarrassing I've said or done in a work situation or with friends. Um, in the moment, I seem okay, but it just takes me days and days to get over something that I might have perceived as embarrassing or sharing too much. And it really just takes over my day, my body. I have like physical reactions to these embarrassing thoughts and rumination. And so I was just wondering about some concrete ways to kind of get past that. Thank you so much. I love the podcast and uh, have a great day. Okay. Oh, that girl, me too. I, yeah. I definitely have some, you know, I'm not diagnosing with anything, but like I definitely have a, a part of me that's like I have an obsessive disorder where uh-huh. I will play something over and over and over and over and then over and over and I have trouble letting things go. Um, and it'll keep me up at night. Like, let's say I said something or someone says something to me and I go I'm in bed, I'll just lay there and like play it over and over. Yeah. And then I'll play like what I should have said, what I shouldn't have said, what I get it when some, when you're just someone, and then like, I see other people like my dad, just like everything rolls off his back. He couldn't care less. He's, he says something stupid. He's like, ah, it's not a big deal. Someone says something mean to him. Eh, who cares? They weren't, I don't have that ability. I'm more like you're this caller who will, it takes days to let something go. I don't know if I have advice. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it really, you're really normalizing it because this is something that happens to so many people. And the phrase that pops into my head when I first hear this is that expression, if it fires together, it wires together. And that is this n- neurological expression, I guess, that says, if we repeat a thought, a behavior, an action, we it, it's a synapse in our brain, these little like connections that are going, oh no, I did something wrong or, or they're making connections. And the more we think it, the more we repeat it, the more we focus on it, the stronger it gets. So here we have a situation where where your brain is just trying to keep itself safe. It's just trying to feel safe in that situation. Like, and I mean safe, not like safe. Oh no, I'm in danger, but like safe, like my friendship isn't, is safe. My relationship is, is intact. And I'm, I'm, safe in this friendship to say what I want or be vulnerable or whatever. And when your brain doesn't feel safe, it goes, I need to control the situation. And so the way that it thinks it's going to feel safe is by replaying something over and over in an attempt to almost like control the situation. But control Uh is just this illusion of safety. It doesn't really provide safety. And it's so hard in these moments, but we have to hack the brain and Mm kind of like take the reins there and redirect that thought so that it doesn't keep strengthening that. And that is so hard to do. So we have to come up with tools. We have to come up with techniques. There's, you know, we can uh, do some deep breathing. We can do some grounding exercises. Um, 
you know, I also think putting thoughts on trial. There's a great little activity that I do with clients where we we go, okay, let's play into these worst case scenarios. Let's put these thoughts on trial. You can play the prosecutor, you can play the defense, and then you also get to play the judge. And you could say what and write it out. What are the the things I'm that you said that were so quote. dumb? Yes. Hold on. I'm looking up this quote. Um all right. So it's actually, I think, a quote that people use in AA, I think. I'm not sure. But it's this quote, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Yes. And I love this quote. And I think about it all the time because I'll be like, I shouldn't have said this. I shouldn't have said this. Okay. Well, it's, it's done. It's out of my control. It's out. Yeah. Okay. What is in my control? Let me call the person and make sure it's okay. Or let me go for a walk that is in my control and the wisdom to know the difference. So if like, let's, let's say you said something and it was in front of a group of friends and you're so embarrassed. Okay. What can't you control? All right. Let that, it's over. Let You got to let it go. What can you, what can you fix? know the difference. And yes. I love that quote because it's, it's what you were just saying. As soon as you said, yeah. we're trying to control it. All I was yes. thinking about was this quote because yes. it's it. Yeah. That's it. This so is, that's a, that's a good tool. Know the difference yeah. of what you can't control, what you can and what you can't control. Except things I cannot change. Just accept yes. it. It's a, it's a done. Except. And, you know, it helps, like we were talking about earlier, get these thoughts out to write them down. You know, I this whole what can I control, what can't I control thing is something that so many of us struggle with and can really keep us stuck in that anxious, worried mind where that troll is kind of running the show. So you can even get two jars, get two mason jars and on one or Tupperware containers, whatever, they just have to be see-through. And on one, label it out of my control and one label it in my control and then get a little piece of like a, a those sticky notes and put it right next to the those jars with a pen and every time you think about something write it down you will see yeah. how fast the jar of things that are in your control will fill up and it'll tell your brain wow there's so much more that's in my control that I didn't even think of and the mm -hmm. things that are out of your control once you write them down and you put them in the jar it's like accepting like uh nothing i could do about it yeah you can't change the past just like robin said you can't change the past can't go back and say something different but can you call them and say oh my gosh i can't believe i said that i'm so embarrassed are i'm thinking about this over and over are you and chancellor good your friend will be like no i never <laughs> thought about that one time because I don't know about you, Robin, but I could think of all of the conversations with people I've had, all of the embarrassing moments oh, I've had. No, hey. I do not have any memory of any other person's embarrassing moments mm -hmm. or anything anybody else has said where I've gone, wow, remember that weird thing that so-and-so said? Not a single example of one of those. Do you and have that's any what you examples? Always have to, that's what you have to remember. No one cares about you as much as you do. Like, yeah. no one. Even your mom. Like, no one's thinking about you because you're living right. your life. So, you, of course, you are thinking about you 24 hours a day because yeah. you have to wake up, you have to drink, you have to brush your teeth, you have to get some water. You have to, like, no one's thinking about you as much as you. No right. one. So, when you right. say something, most likely the person heard it and left their brain. It's not, you know, yeah. I remember like when you, and you're a kid and you have a pimple and your mom's like, no one's going to notice. Yeah. No one's looking at your face or thinking about no your face as much as you are. So because they I got pimples like, on their face that they're exactly. worried about. They're busy thinking about themselves 24 yes. seven. Everyone wants to take care of themselves. So I think that's another good thing to just remember is like, 
yeah. no one's caring about you as much as you care about you. Even though it sounds heartless, but it's, it's yeah. true. It's true. Also, you know what? Um, again, because I have this tendency to like compulsively fixate on something, having a person or two that you can call and ask them what's reality. You yes. know, sometimes like I'll be like, I'll call my brother and I'll be like, does everyone hate me? And he'll be like, because I've convinced myself everyone hates me. And then he'll be like, no one hates you. Like, where are you getting that? And I'll say, well, this person said something. And he'll be like, who? Like, you know, but sometimes it's good to say it out loud to someone who doesn't live in your head. You know, yes. Um, yes. you have like a girlfriend or a sibling or a parent that you're like, is this reality? Like, so, and, and sometimes the situation. Yeah. Sometimes your brain is a dangerous neighborhood you don't want to walk through alone. So you yeah. got to have a friend who goes in there and is like, this, yeah. is, this is a scary, dangerous place. Get out of here. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I mean, there's so many times I'll call my friend. I'll be like, this is what this person said. Do you think I'm overreacting? And they may go, no, you're not. You're justified. Or they'll go, you know yes. what? It's not a big deal. Sometimes you need someone, say it out loud to someone else who's not yeah. affected by it. Right. Um, and they'll give you more of like a grounded, you know, yeah. reality of what the situation is. Because your brain, your brain, sorry, when you're a compulsive thinker like this caller or myself, yeah. It builds, it builds, it builds, it builds them up what's real yeah. anymore. Right. I think it's so helpful for people to know that you, somebody who is a stand-up comedian, who's, you know, really putting herself out there all the time, who is so brave and so vulnerable, still has those thoughts, still has oh, those worries of like, oh my God, everybody hates me. Because I think people get the idea that there are some people who don't have those thoughts and then uh, other people who are plagued by these. And these are such universal thoughts and feelings and yeah. experiences that you guys are not alone when you feel like this. And even throughout this entire episode, I'm talking as an expert on friendships. Well, guess what? I failed at a lot of friendships and there's a lot of people who don't like me. <laughs> there's people who find yes. me annoying. You know, there's no such thing as anyone who has it all together. And if they, right. if they say they do, they're the people who probably don't have it together the most. Right. I always laugh at the, at life coaches on TikTok. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to see your tax return. I need to hear... <laughs> Three exes of yours talk about you and your former childhood best friend. I want to hear every aspect, you know. She was like, no one has it together. And there may be, there are people, you know, you you have a degree, you're a little more knowledgeable in in mental health, right? I I have some really good friendships. I feel confident talking friendships, but no one, we're all trying to figure it out. No one's got it together. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I don't want to have friends or I don't have this, I don't have that. Yeah, most, we're all a mess. We're all trying to. Right. We're all trying, you know, and I'm, yeah. I'm speaking on what I do know, but you know, there's just so, so much of life is just so hard. So we're all figuring it out. Yeah. Don't be so and hard. I think the biggest thing is don't be so hard on yourself. You'll find a friend. That's Put right. Don't be hard on yourself. Put yourself out there. You know, this is the, I, I have seen through my podcast, the Brain Kitty podcast, people connect just over their shared love of a podcast. And then like the friends that they've made from just opening up in the comment section, you know, of yes. the show has been so wonderful to see. And so uh, I've had people tell me they've come to the, the sh- my shows, my comedy shows by themselves. And because yeah. again, my, my fans are just so freaking nice that they, they sometimes sit at a table with people they don't know and people just take them in. 
go to a comedy show by yourself. Yes. Like yes. that's not just my shows. I mean, it's not just, I, I think my people come to my shows. It's a uniquely overly friendly group, but go to a show, sit yeah. next to someone. You'd be surprised. People want human contact. People, everyone's looking for friends. So if yes. you go out, go out by yourself. It's not as, um, no one's going to be like, why is that person alone? No one's thinking that you're thinking that everyone right. else is like, Oh, I can maybe make a new friend. Everyone wants to find someone lovely. So yeah, yeah don't be so hard on yourself. Put yourself out. Going to be okay. Yes. yes. Well, Robin, thank you so much. You are just a ray of sunshine and just your joy and just positive attitude is infectious. And I am so happy to call you a friend. And I am so honored that you came on the show to talk about friendship and, and give our listeners some good advice on accepting themselves and making connections and forming friendships. Well, thank you. And I can say all of that right back at you. You are just, you are a, you know, sometimes you meet people in real life and it's not as, um, you know, what you right. see online, right? I I can go on record and say Sarah's even more lovely and bubbly and happy and excited. You know what I was saying earlier about wanting to celebrate someone's joy. You came backstage after the show and you were on such a cloud nine for me and so happy for you. Just you are just such a little ray of goodness and oh. uh, you know the, the everyone you know this is why people love you so much. Oh, they already thank know you so this. Much. I'm saying what your listeners already know. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you guys for listening. You can catch Rob and Shaw on tour. Where are you? What cities are you going to be in next? All right. We have Minneapolis, Kansas City, Dallas, Houston, Miami, Boston, and Atlantic City. And let me tell you, if you get the opportunity to go to one of these shows, please do. It is so much fun. You'll meet wonderful people and you will just laugh your ass off. It was great. My boyfriend had a great time. It is It is. So fun. So thank you for doing yeah, what you Yeah, you don't do. need to follow me to get yeah. the show. Like within you the don't. first 10 minutes, you'll figure out who I am. You know, you can yes. bring your boyfriend, your husband, your friends. Um, it's you, it's by the end, the whole audience feels like they know each other. Yes. The people come up. It's a group activity. <laughs> right? It's so fun. I remember. I won't give it away <laughs> for anybody who goes, but there's audience participation and it is yeah. such a joy and it's so much fun. So your Robin Shaw comic <laughs> on TikTok and Instagram and yes. go follow her. Check out her show. We are so grateful for having you on. And we'll see you next uh, time. Sarah, thank you for having me on. This was fun.